God's people said amen. 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 What a, an amazing prayer to pray to be overcome by, by your presence, Lord. What a, an amazing thing. Well, we certainly are glad today that we can celebrate Mother's Day and honor our mothers today. And, you know, this is like the 21st time I've stood here and celebrated our mothers and celebrated this very special day. And uh, Well, I just said that to let you know I'm still as confused as I've always been. <laughs> Uh, about, about how to get this uh, recognition and honor part of the service without being embarrassed or without embarrassing somebody else. So I'm going to try it again and uh, see, see if it works this time. You know, several ways that we at Garrison Baptist Church have traditionally honored our mothers. You see, you never stop being a mother. Can you mothers say amen? amen. Right. I mean, it just never ends, does it? Right. So we just continually want to love and nurture our children no matter what age they are. Uh, and so we continue uh, that blessing as long as we're here on this earth where it's mother, father. And so uh, by recognizing our mothers, one of the ways that we do that is different stages of motherhood. <clears throat> and uh, we recognize our, our youngest mother uh, each year. And so I just would like to do that. And so... Here's where the trouble begins. And so let me just ask, do we have any mothers? Let's say I want to start at like 20 and under. Do we have any mothers that are 20 or under? Uh, do we have any mothers that are like 21 and under? Uh, have any? Okay. All right. Okay. All right, Kaylee. Kaylee, you just uh, come up here. All right. So stand. Stand. So you're young, you can stand the longest, so that's good. Right, so uh, another area that, uh uh-oh, you may have to take somebody with you. Uh, Another area is that we honor the mother with, who have the most children with them, by the way. They have to be present, so I'm kind of looking around to try to narrow this thing down. Do we have any mothers here that have four of your kids here with you today? I see a hand. Would you please come forward? <laughs> you should have known better than that. Come on, April. What are you doing? You want, you want some exercise or something, huh? So, April and AJ have four lovely daughters. And uh, uh, I'm excited about those. Patsy, right. <laughs> There's Miss Patsy. Patsy has the, the youngest of the four kids with her today. <laughs> Patsy, come up here. Come on. Anybody else have four children with them this morning? Thank you, guys. Hey, listen, I I appreciate these moms with multiple children. So thank you guys so so very much. Uh, And then we uh, recognize our our senior mother, uh, the one who's been at it the longest that's here this morning. And so uh, I I just want to kind of throw out a number. So do we have... (laughs) I don't want you to throw anything back at me. I just want to throw this. But let, let me start, like, maybe, like, do we have any moms here that are, like, 87 years of age or older? All right, Miss Peggy. Absolutely. All 
Well, let me just tell you about Miss Peggy. She's the mom to our church. <laughs> so, so it's just wonderful to celebrate the different generations of our moms and different challenges our moms have. Ladies, these flowers are for you guys. So before you leave, uh, don't take them back with you right now. But come and get them later. <laughs> so, so let's give them another hand. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We certainly honor all of our moms here this morning. We have a gift for all of our mothers at the end of the service. So before you leave here today, if you're a mom, we're going to recognize you and, and uh, uh, just let you know how much we appreciate you. Thinking about my own mother, uh, one of the greatest things that I remember about my mom, she's been uh, gone for many years now, and so, but I still think of her all the time. And uh, it was just her sacrifice. So many, I, I can look back now. I, I didn't see that as a kid. Uh, the things that she sacrificed and the things that she gave up so that my brothers and my sister and I could have a really great life. And now as being a parent, I can look back and say, oh, that's what that looks like or that's what that's all about. And so I just um, appreciate the life that she lived, committed to my family and how she just sacrificed for us so much. And so uh, I just want to honor her her memory here this morning as well. As I'm sure some of you, your mothers may not be here with you today. They may have already gone to be in heaven. Uh, and uh, I know you honor them as well. So um, thank you for doing that. Uh, I want to invite you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. We think about motherhood you know, parents have certain hopes for their kids, right? As parents, you have these certain thoughts and hopes that you want for your children to experience and enjoy. You may be here today, maybe a un- uh, young couple, don't have any children yet. But I-, I can imagine that you're thinking about that. And then in that thought that you're thinking about the hopes that you have for them. Uh, we-, we can't exist without hopes. And so mothers are certainly uh, those ladies that have deep hopes for their children. And I want to talk about that this morning. I want to share a message with you about a mother's hope. And I think that you'll probably agree with me, I hope you would, that these are kind of universal hopes that mothers have for their children. Uh, That there's probably so general in their nature that all of us can agree on these very things. And so... Let me encourage you with those. Deuteronomy 6 is a verse of Scripture that really has to do with our goal for teaching our children. Listen to what the Scripture says here. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in, the, in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and, you shall, uh, and they shall be as a frontal between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and, and on your gate. So certainly as Christian parents, mothers, we want to instill in our kids how to love God with all of your heart, your soul, and with your mind. Now, in Psalms 1, this passage in Deuteronomy is certainly our goal as parents. 
But certainly Psalms 1, it, it's really the motivation to do it. We can have lofty goals and no motivation to get there, and we really kind of go nowhere. Uh, and so Psalms 1 is one of those motivational verses, books in the Bible that really encourages us to do those very things. You see, Psalms 1 is a testimony of the power of the Bible. Uh, it's that power of the Bible in our lives, and it's a warning of the pain if we fail to heed what the Bible says. Along with blessing from Scripture, there's warning. Along with instruction, uh, there's correction in the Word of God. And so, uh, as parents, grandparents, uh, as aunts, uncles, we want to invest in our kids uh, the things that they're going to need that will help them fulfill the hopes that we have for them in life. Listen to what Psalms 1 says. It says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, who does not, excuse me, start over. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruits in its season, whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Bow with me if you would this morning, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you today for... Uh, from others for blessing the example and the encouragement that we receive from our, our mothers Lord we surely honor them today we celebrate uh, how each of our lives are affected by our mothers Lord, I just pray this morning that as we begin to search our hearts as mothers, fathers, about the hopes that we have for our children. And Father, our children may be adult, they may be grown, they may be small, but it still does not affect what we hope for them. So Lord, I pray as we, as we seek you in your scripture this morning, that you would help us to put thought to these hopes. To help us to have, have passion to work toward these hopes for our children. And Father, we ask you to do these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, as uh, Psalm 1 begins to uh, unfold here, the first hope I believe that mothers have for their children is that mothers want to protect their children. I've really never met a mother who didn't want to protect, protect their child. Uh, I mean, all kinds of ways, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. Uh, mothers just have this innate desire to want to protect their kids. They're willing to lay down their life. They're willing to lay down their substance. They're willing to lay down whatever they need to do to be able to protect their kids. 
And so when you, you begin to look at what the psalmist says in verse 1, he, he gives us some reference on how as parents we can help protect our kids, no matter what age they are. Uh, you know, sometimes we as adult parents would think, well, my job's done. Your job's never done. Parenting's never over. Uh, sometimes as children that have adult parents, we think, I wish it was over. <laughs> I wish my parents would stop meddling in my life or I wish my parents would just kind of give me a little bit of a separation here. But you know what? In reality, we just can't. Now listen, as parents, our roles take different, different things. As an adult parent, I can't parent my children like I used to when they were small. I have to be more of a counselor, more of a leader, uh, set, set an example, and be an encourager. But, but yet, it's so much easier when we could discipline, right? <laughs> so it doesn't always stay that way. So mothers want to protect their children. If you l- listen to what verse 1 says. It says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. You see, he's telling us here that, that, that they want to, mothers want to protect their children's future. I, I think the psalmist is speaking about, when he uses the word walk, it means our course of life. That's what the Bible says uh, and when it uses that metaphor of the, of the idea of walking, it, it's really telling us the journey of our life. And so, certainly as parents, we want to protect our children in their journey of life or future. So we want to instill in them the things that they're going to need for what's ahead. We want to give them as much information as we can, as much encouragement as we can, about the things that they're potentially going to face in the future. And so the psalmist says this, he said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You see, he's reminding us to teach our kids where to find genuine wisdom about life, isn't he? I mean, what he's saying is, look, if you, if you, you need counsel, don't go and find ungodly counsel. And so the opposite of that, if you don't find ungodly counsel, then find godly counsel. So as parents, we're to encourage our kids with godly counsel, wisdom, how to teach them to, to look in the Bible and find out those answers for life. Find that wisdom that they need. Teach them how to understand what the Word of God says. I remember a long time ago when, when our kids were little, uh, I was first saved and looked. You know, I'm, I'm groping how to be a Christian dad or how to be a Christian. Uh, and so, you know, I'm digging through the Bible and our kids are little. Uh, when that happened and they get a little bit older and, I, you know, I talked to Jackie and said, we're going to have family devotion. And we're going to have our kids and we're going to do family devotion. We're going to sit down and, ha- and you know, that's wonderful. Uh, but look, I approached it like uh, uh, I was teaching the seminary class. And so I, I would just unload on them all these things. And after a while, I, I kind of noticed they really didn't, wasn't very interested in it. So I thought, I've got to rethink this thing about how to do this. And so we found another way that's more effective. What I want you to understand is that find that way that as a family you can come together and begin to discover together the truths in the Word of God as a family. There's a dynamic when we come into the Word of God as a family that God uses to not only teach our children, but actually teach us as well. And so we want to protect them. Their future is going to 
to depend on where they find counsel, isn't it, in the future? It's where they go to to help make decisions and choices. And so as parents, we, we need to protect their future. Another thing that he says in verse 1 is that, that, that certainly not only does a mother want to protect their, their child's future, but also that they want to protect their focus. Uh, he says, nor stand in the path of sinners. Now, the, the idea of standing is to, it's to stop. And it's to, to begin to examine something. Have you ever done that before? you ever been walking down the road and all of a sudden something caught the corner of your eye and you just kind of stopped and... We have to be careful of that, by the way. But you stopped and, and you begin to look. And all of a sudden you turned your focus. Uh, Jackie um, got a bird feeder from our daughter for her birthday uh, last month. And so we hung it up. It's right by my office window and I can look out and see it and it's amazing how these birds fly in and I'll be looking away it's distracting because I'll turn I'll focus on what's going on and so psalmist is reminding us is that is that we have to be careful about what our kids are focusing on in other words it's what they occupy their attention with because sometimes it becomes who they become it influences who they are. So we have to know as parents what our kids are really focused on in their life and really examine that. We have to notice what occupies their thinking. And parents have to be discerning because a lot of these things can be really harmful. So certainly moms want to protect what their kids are focusing on. Another thing that he says in verse 1 he says that they certainly want to, moms, they want to protect their faith of their children. Right? We want to see our children grow in faith. Amen? I mean, isn't that what God has called us to be as, as Christians, as to make disciples? And where is that call most prevalent as parents? With our children, isn't it? If we can't disciple our children, then who can we disciple? And so God calls us to, to disciple our, our children and to help them grow in their faith. He says, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. You see, the, the, the word scornful here means scoffer or mocker or unbeliever. And so what the psalmist is saying, there's a danger that we can get comfortable with unbelievers. Or with unbelief. And so we have to be careful about that. You see, do you remember in the Bible where there was a place where there were scoffers and mockers also? How about at the foot of the cross? When Jesus was being crucified, dying for our sins, there was a mob of people that were scoffing and criticizing. They were, why? Because they were unbelievers. And so as, as parents, we have to be careful about about our, our kids' faith. We don't want them to be comfortable with unbelief or untruth or deception. We want to point them to the truth that will grow their faith. What a challenge, isn't it? Isn't that hard to do today? I mean, all kinds of voices in our world today, all kinds of distractions, all kinds of things, but yet God still calls Christian parents to have a burden for their children's faith. And so as mothers, 
Certainly want to protect our children. Well, look on a little bit further in this passage because not only do mothers want to protect their children, it's natural, isn't it? But also, another thing that I've noticed is that mothers want to provide for their children. <laughs> so much so, even to the place that they selflessly give themselves for their children. Uh, in Psalms 1 teaches us about this provision for our kids as parents uh, with a couple of different things. You look at verse 1, one of the things I know as a parent, and I, I know Jackie has, wanted to provide for our kids is a life of joy. We want our kids to be joyful, right? How many of you want to raise up a child that's negative or down or discouraged? Uh, we, we want to see our children joyful. Psalmist says in, in verse 2, he says, and remember he's talking about the blessed person. And he says, here's some things about the blessed person. And so he says the blessed person, he delights, or in other words, he takes joy in the law of the Lord. He meditates in it day and night. And, and so in verse 2, he's reminded, reminds us of the fact that our joy comes from the Lord. And so if we want to guide our children into a joyful life, then we, what do we do? We point them to Jesus, right? Because there's where they're going to find their joy. To the Word of God. Word of God is a book of joy, and we need to encourage them and be diligent in sharing with our kids what the Bible says about life. You know, another thing also, not only to provide joy, but also to provide for their journey in life. Verse 3 says this, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall, uh, also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So we want to provide for their journey in life. The Bible says that we're raising up our kids to send them out into the world. You see, some of you guys have already experienced that, right? That there were many years that you had your kids at home. And there was that awful time where it was just time that they stepped out. They went off to school. They got married. They did both. Uh, and all these things. Uh, and, and so we, we let them go. But what do we want to do? We want to prepare them for that journey. And so he talks about that uh, uh, Pretty clearly. And so some of those things uh, that we need to do is before they are sent out or before they leave is that there, there's a need for a foundation that we help them lay in their lives. Because they're going to need that as they journey. Uh, scripture says here, he says that uh, he shall be like a tree planted by the, ri by the rivers of water. Now get that picture just for a moment. This a tree that's planted close to the river. If you've ever noticed that a tree planted like that has it has deep roots. It, it has connection to everything that it needs, and so it grows strong because of its depth. Look, if we don't give our kids some depth and some foundation in life, then they're going to struggle. And they're going to have a difficult way. And so, Psalmist reminds us of that. Is that in Christ Jesus, our foundation 
we can sink those deep roots into Him and find everything that we need. You can't protect your children from hurt and disappointment and pain and suffering, but what you can do is help them to know a source that can meet those needs. You see, we need not only to give them a good foundation, but also there's a need to bear fruit. He says in verse 3 again, he says, uh, (coughs) planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit into its season. Now listen, fruit has to do with character. I don't mean a character, I mean character. You see, when, when our, our children's foundation is strong and their roots are deep in Christ Jesus, then what that produces is, is fruit, character. Like the Lord Jesus Christ. Things like honesty and integrity and sacrifice and commitment and all those things that are, are really necessary to have a great life. And so we want to see our, our kids grow in character in Christ's likeness. And so we encourage them in the Word of God for that. He goes on in verse 3 and he talks about a need for, uh, for, for preparation and to prepare them for, for a fight that's coming. He says, whose leaves also shall not wither. What's he talking about? He's talking about, look, a tree that's not planted with deep roots, that's bearing fruit, is going to be a, a, a tree that's, it's going to struggle. Look, you know as well as I do, if you're, if you're an adult, if you've lived in this life long enough, that we're going to face storms. That there's going to be struggles in our life. We're going to face hard times. There's going to be those droughts in life, and there's going to be those struggles. And so we need to prepare our kids for those very things. To help them to get ready to be able to face those struggles. God promised us a life that He would love us, but He didn't promise us a life without complications, without struggles, without challenges to our faith, without testings and without tribulation. So we have to prepare our kids for that very thing. So mothers provide for their kids. Uh, Mothers certainly want to protect their kids, but also mothers want to prosper their children, right? How many of us don't want to see our kids have a great life? Uh, I don't think there's a single mother, father, grandparent, aunt, uncle, cousin, whatever that wants to see, not see our children prosper. You you see, in in verse 4, one of the things about prosperity in life today isn't how much we have, by the way. It's not how much cash you have or how much is in your bank account. But really prospering in life is learning how to be satisfied. How to be satisfied in life. It's how to enjoy God where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if, if, if our satisfaction is based on things, then we'll never be satisfied. Because we'll never possess everything. Only God owns everything. But yet, if we learn how to be satisfied in Him, then we'll learn how to have a prosperous life. Paul says, in whatsoever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. Paul says that sense of satisfaction is learned. We can learn it. 
I, I remember coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I was 30 year old. And I, I was still hooked on that commitments about what you got, about where you can go, about what you can travel in where you go. All those kind of things. And that was my sense of satisfaction. And, and through that very thing, God began to show me that there's a deeper sense of satisfaction when we find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's how to be satisfied. It's going to prosper our kids. Verse 5 says it's really how, how, how to be saved. Because that's where it really begins, isn't it? He says in verse 5, he says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. What's he saying? He's saying that there's, there's coming a judgment and that we need to prepare our kids for that. There's coming a day of accountability for, for every person. And we know what that's about. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about the fact that every one of us are sinners. And that sin separated us from God. And that sin has separated us so far, there's no way that you and I can get back to God on our own. But Jesus Christ made a way. And if we believe in Him and trust in Him, put our faith in Him, that He'll make that way for us. That's what we have to tell our kids. Listen, if there's any place where we ought to be evangelists, where we ought to be flaming evangelists, is in our home with our kids. Sharing that good news of Jesus Christ. Tell them how to be saved. Let me go one step further as a parent. Tell them that you're saved. Let them know that you're a believer in the Lord. You think, well, bro, my doubt. Hey, they know that. No, they don't. Tell them. Hey, I want you to know about my salvation. I want you to know how I came to Christ. I want you to know what I believe about Jesus Christ. Uh, how to be saved. And in, and in verse 6, how to serve. You see, how to serve God. He, he talks a little bit indirectly about that. He says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. The way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows that what's the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous is our service to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's you and I honoring him in our families and in our homes. It's you and I professing him as our personal Lord and Savior. It's you and I honoring him by submitting to his leadership, his lordship in our life. It's all those things that we must do as a parent to honor God in our families so that our children have unquestionable faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hopes for our children. You see, I believe what a mother hopes for for her kids is that they're protected, they're provided for, and that they're prosperous. What great hopes we have for our children. Bow with me this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful today for family. That you created family. That you show us how to love in the context of family. How to give in that same context. That you've designed the family and relationships in a similar way to our own family relationship that we have with you. That we're a child of God. 
and that we know that those blessings for our family come from you. And we thank you for that today. Uh, Lord, I just pray for every mom's hope here this morning for their child. And I pray that every mom's hope for their child has to do with you. And we thank you for that today. Father, we just pray that by your strength and your love and your wisdom that we can fulfill that call of parenting. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, if you would, to stand together. We uh, stand together today as God's family, as children of God.